Hello, Parkview. Good to see you. My name's Tim Sutherland. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That's really nice. You've obviously not heard me speak before. I'm one of the guys that fills in for Dr. Tim Harlow when, uh, when he's out, so you can just call me the other Tim. I'm really glad to be with you today, and I, I, I hope by the time we're done, you'll be glad that you were here too. Tell you a story. Uh, as many of y'all know, after being married for 13 years, I found myself, uh, let's just say, single again. And I was a lot closer to 40 than I was to 30, and I was starting to date again. And so I did uh, what men do at a time like that. I bought a convertible. Yeah, total, total midlife crisis mobile. And there was this girl in my church. I was interested in her. And even though she's, she's like way out of my league, I was interested in her. So I, I was talking to her one day, you know, kind of chatting her up. I said, yeah, how you doing? And she said, oh, I, I just, I, I get migraines. And I've got the worst migraine. I, 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 I feel so bad I can't even drive myself to the doctor. And, and, and I thought, hmm. And I said, well, you know, sister, I, I could... You know, sister, I, I, I could help you out with that. I, I, I'd, I'd be glad to give you a ride. And she said, oh, really? You're so sweet. And, 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 and outwardly, I said, it's no big deal. And inwardly, I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so I go pick her up, put the top down, put some soothing but still very hip music on the car stereo. And, and we're off heading to the doctor. I, I, I've got my sunglasses on, pretty girl in the car, great tunes. Crank. I, I thought, maybe I'm not out of my league. Maybe, maybe I'm going to be okay here. But then we got, we got about halfway there. And then and just going down the road, my car just shuts off. <laughs> just shuts off. Coast over to the side, and I get out of the car and, you know, do what men are genetically programmed to do. I pop the hood, and I'm looking under there. I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know what I'm looking for, but I'm looking because it's just what, it's what we do, right, guys? You at least got to look. It's either it's look at your engine or turn in your man card. Those are your options. You know, and then you, and then you know what you do. You know, you, then, you, then you pretend you're doing something in there, right? You're still doing like this. And I go, hey, try it again. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, I know what I'm doing. So got a call. Got, oh, grieve me so. I had to call a tow truck. Tow truck comes, you know, put it up on a flat bag. It's a nice, nice car, at least to me. Put up on a, on, and, and, and then to make matters worse, the tow truck driver was this super nice guy. And he absolutely insisted on giving both me and this girl a ride home. So instead of him just taking it to the, to the mechanic shop, he takes the mechanic shop with us in the truck. And then he starts driving us home. And the mechanic says, oh, I'll call you, let you know what's wrong with this. So we're, we're, here we are driving along, me and this girl and the tow truck driver and 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 the mechanic calls and says oh, i found out what was wrong with it uh you're out of gas <laughs> this really happened so so i was out 125 bucks for the tow and exposed for the loser that i was <laughs> needless to say i did not get a date we did not make a love connection but there is a point, we're talking about uh, God is, and today's God is power. And there's a lot of things I could say about God is power. I, I, I thought about talking about uh, God's power in creation. How He just 
the sun and the moon and the stars and the worlds into existence. Just speaks. That's some power. Or I thought about, you know, some of the, the, the big time miracles in the Old Testament, you know, uh, like, like the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, Charlton Heston, I mean, Moses e- extends his hands, extends his, the staff of the Lord and, and the Red Sea just parts and the children of Israel, you know, cross over on, on, on dry land and are saved from Pharaoh's army. I mean, that's some power. And obviously I thought about the power of God in Jesus. Power to heal the sick, give sight to the blind, raise the dead. That's some power. But what I feel like I'm really supposed to talk with you all about today is a particular power of God. And and, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. I know as soon as I say Holy Spirit, maybe you think of the, you know, there's all these different thoughts and teachings and ideas and kind of controversial stuff about, you know, gifts of the Spirit. And, you know, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit? And this church does things this way and they say, you know... I know there's all, and, and I'll be the first to say, there's so much I don't know. There's so much I don't know, and so much I don't understand uh, about the Holy Spirit. But one thing I do know about the Holy Spirit, uh, that life without the Holy Spirit is like a car without gas. No matter, no matter how nice the car looks, yeah, yeah, it's true, yeah. No matter how nice the car looks, no matter what you got under the engine, no matter how good the tunes are on the, on the stereo, no gas, no power, no date. And I really believe that this isn't just, you know, a thing to talk about and just do a sermon. I really believe, I want to talk about this, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, because I really believe that the, that, the, that the Holy Spirit's power is about the everyday life of every single person who's here today. I mean, if you're a person who'd say, yeah, man, I've been a Christ follower for X number of years, and, the, and this is my life. I don't even remember when I wasn't a Christ. It, I believe the Holy Spirit has everything to do with your daily life. And if you're somebody who's here today and say, man, I, I don't even know if there is a God. I, I, I don't know what I believe. Um, first of all, if that's where you are, oh, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. I mean, I'm glad you're all here, but I'm especially glad if you're here today and going, I, I don't know, man, I just don't know. I'm not sure what I believe. I believe the Holy Spirit's power is very real in the daily life of everybody, no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey. And despite all the controversy and different ideas about the Holy Spirit, here's why I want to talk to you about this today. Uh, I want to talk to you about this today because we're at war. And I'm not referring to the war against terrorism, and I'm not referring to the war against tyranny and repression. Bless you. Um, we're, we're at war. And I, I tell you what, I, I know everybody doesn't like to look at it this way, but Scripture is really clear. And I believe this is a word from God for every single person who's here, wherever you're at in your spiritual journey. Ephesians chapter 6 says that you're in a struggle. And you might think the struggle of your daily life is a struggle with your boss or a struggle with your spouse who maybe you're in conflict or a struggle with your mother-in-law who you don't get along with or, or your neighbor or, or your, uh, your struggle with the economy, your struggle with health. I, I get all that. All of those are very real struggles. But uh, you're in a struggle every day. 
And ultimately, the most important struggle in your life is not a struggle against flesh and blood. Your, your struggle and my struggle is against what the Bible calls principalities and powers and the forces of evil and darkness. And that's kind of scary stuff, but it's very, very real. The truth of the matter is, whether we realize it or not, and no matter how it sounds to us, uh, we're at war. And uh, Jesus said, though, uh, you don't have to go uh, to war every day without, without power. Look what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And notice the connection there between power and, and the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk to you today about the power of the Holy Spirit for everybody wherever you're at in your spiritual life. The first thing I want to talk about is, is especially to, to anybody who might be here today who's uh, not yet a Christ follower or, or, uh, or, or, or isn't sure. Um, whether you know it or not, the Holy Spirit is at work in your life on, on, on a daily basis and something you really need to know about the war that you're in. When it comes to becoming a Christ follower, if you're not one yet, uh, there's someone who doesn't want you to be one. Look at these words from 2 Corinthians 4. It says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. Here's what this means. When somebody hears the proclamation uh, of the gospel that, that, that in Jesus you're loved as you are and not as you should be and not a one of us are as we should be, but there is grace and there is mercy and there is hope and there is power in Jesus and that, and, and, and that, you, and that you're called upon to, to turn from your sins and to, and to repent and, to, and to, to make Him the leader and Lord of your life. When somebody hears that and then says, I don't know. Not sure I buy that. I don't know. That might be okay for somebody else, but I don't think I really need that. That's not just a personal choice. You know what that is? It's what the Bible calls being blinded by the God of this age. And notice when it says God of this age, it says little g God of this age. That's, that's not a PowerPoint typo. Little g God of this age. And when it talks about the little g God of this age... Talking about the devil. I realize as soon as I say that word that to some people that sounds all creepy. And to other people that sounds kind of all spiritually kooky. You know, kind of like, remember that, that Saturday Night Live sketch, Church Lady? I remember Church Lady. Yeah, thank you. You get a little, little, little applause for Church Lady. But uh, remember how there would be always a point in her show where she'd stare into the camera and, and, and say, Could it be Satan? And, you know, and she's like all kooky and all out there. And, and maybe you're visiting with us today and going, oh, no, is this like one of those church lady type churches? No, 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 you're, it's okay. But see, we've got to talk about this, y'all. We've got to talk about this. We're at war, and, 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 and the fact of the matter is that in a recent survey, it was a survey in 2009, which isn't that long ago, only 26% of people who consider themselves Christians said they believe devils exist at all. Almost three out of four Christians said that, 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 that the devil's not real. It's just a, just a manner of speaking or just a kind of a symbolic representation of, of, of whatever. And, it, and if, 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 if almost three out of four Christ followers don't, don't believe that uh, the evil one exists, I, I can't imagine how low the number is. 
uh, or actually how high the number is of those who are not Christ followers don't believe there's an evil one. But let's be really clear about this. Jesus spoke very matter-of-factly about Satan. And Scripture says something real clear. And, 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 and notice this this, this. this is from 1 Peter 5, 8. And it says this. It says, your adversary, the devil. You see, in this war, you, your life's a war. It's not just hard. Life's not just hard. Life, life's a war. And you have an adversary. It doesn't say, notice folks, it doesn't say the adversary. It says your. Your. And uh, adversary, just a fancy word for enemy. I don't want to get anybody all paranoid, but you have an enemy. And any time a person refuses or rejects or even says, I don't know, not now, maybe some other day. To the proclamation of the Lordship of Christ and the need for salvation. They're not just saying, that person's not just saying no to Jesus. They're, they're saying exactly what their enemy wants them to say. Please make no mistake about this. Ominous as it may sound, there is an evil one. And he wants more than anything for you just to keep saying no to the gospel. He wants to do anything he can to separate you and keep you separated from the true and living God. And I know that's scary, but it's okay because there is another one who is at work in your life. Look look what Jesus said. John chapter 3. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that this whole thing of becoming a Christ follower, being a Christ follower, it isn't just making up your mind. It isn't just making a decision and, you know, and casting your lot with this particular religious way of thinking or religious way of life. He says, he said, your, your, your mama gave you physical birth. But, but, to, but, but to find eternal life, your heavenly father's got to give you spiritual birth. And you've got to understand this, if you're not yet a Christ follower, but if you are a Christ follower, this is for you too. Nobody just decides to become a Christ follower. It's not like, well, okay, we look at it and we weigh the options and we think it through and, you know, and, and it, all of that's part of it. And it's not just, oh, yeah, I had this experience and it convinced me to do this. Yeah, that's part of it. But, but see, it's, it's spirit. It's the spirit that gives birth to spirit. And when a person comes to the place where they authentically claim Jesus is the Lord and the leader of their life, it wasn't just a choice they made. It, 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 was, it was because the Holy Spirit drew them. If you're a Christ follower today, do you realize it is the power of God at work in your life that you're a Christ follower at all? It's okay. I mean, I realize you guys say, well, I'm not a very good one. But, but, but see, you still are one. And you aren't one just because you decided to be, or just because you said some words, or just because you got in that baptistry. You are a Christ follower because the Holy Spirit drew you to the Lord. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and if you're not yet a Christ follower, He's drawing you today. And it's awesome, man. The Bible says very clearly when somebody becomes a Christ follower that they receive not only the forgiveness of sins, but they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is, is His never leave you, never forsake you, presence within you. He comes to live within you. Uh, I got married in June of last year, just celebrated my first anniversary. And, uh, and, and, and my, my wife is uh, 
I've not been a Christ follower um, that long um, by some people's standards. She, she became a Christ follower within the last four or five years at, at our church. And, and she's reading the Bible the other night. And, and, and she says, she says, she was saying, talking about reading the part of the Bible, talking about the Holy Spirit being in you. And she said, she said does this mean, Tim, the Holy Spirit being in me, does, does that mean that before I was a, 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 a Christian that he wasn't in me? And I said, well, yeah, it's really hard to explain, but I would say that he was very active in your life, and he was all around you and working in your life to draw you to him. But then when, but, but, but then when, when, when you decided what you decided, when you said yes to the call of God on your life in Jesus, but then he comes to live within you in a very, very hard-to-explain uh, spiritual and, 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 and real way. And she said, well, I didn't feel anything. I said, that's okay. It's okay. A lot of people have uh, feel something experiences when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people don't. But make, make no, make no uh, uh, mistake about this. When a person, person comes to personal faith in Jesus, the scriptures say they are baptized in the Holy Spirit. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. And, it's, and, and, it, and, and it, it's not necessarily accompanied by any particular experience. I've had some very personal, very powerful experiences of the Holy Spirit myself. I've known lots of people who've had very personal, powerful experiences. But I, I, I'm here to tell you today that with the Holy Spirit being within you, it's not about, uh, it's not something that's proved by what you feel. Max Lucado is a uh, best-selling author, incredible wordsmith. Man, I wish I could put words together like he does. And he's, he and his wife have, have raised three girls. And I don't remember which of his girls it was, but he said he came home from work one day and he was looking for his five-year-old and Maybe she was seventh. I don't remember exactly. But he couldn't find her. And then he heard something upstairs. He went upstairs and she was standing in front of the mirror in the bathroom. And she was trying to look down her own throat. And she was saying something. It sounded kind of like, And he said, honey, what are you doing? And she said, I was just asking Jesus if he's in there. Because she'd heard it in church, you know, that Jesus will come to you. And she's going, I can't. You know, li- listen, you don't have to feel something in you for it to be in you. I- I've got, in me, they tell me, is a spleen. I don't know what a spleen is or what a spleen does. I do know I like saying spleen for some reason. But my spleen, as far as I know, they tell me it's in me and doing whatever spleens do. They tell me I have a, is my spleen over here? Is it? Somebody, yeah, okay. You're nodding your head, ma'am, so I'm just going to say, she's a nurse, she knows. So, yeah, my, you know, and, and I don't know, I don't even know where my pancreas is, but I don't even know what a pancreas does. It's not as much fun to say as spleen, but I'm supposed to have got a pancreas. You don't have to feel your, your pancreas in you for your pancreas to be in you and doing whatever it is pancreases do. None of this is in my manuscript for some reason. It's just... Just start talking about spleens and pancreases. I'm going to Google that later. But listen, don't let anybody tell you because you haven't had a particular experience or because you don't happen to express yourself in a particular kind of way or because you don't seem to have any this particular gift. Don't let somebody tell you that the Holy Spirit is, is, is not in you. And this is so important because, you know, you know the person who often tells me the Holy Spirit's not in me? Me. I see the things I do, some of them anyways, and I see the things I don't do, 
some of them. And I, and I know some of the ways that I think, and I go, man, how can I have been a Christ follower since I was seven years old and still do that kind of stuff? How, how can I even think that way? Is, is the Holy Spirit even in me at all? And if you struggle with that, like I sometimes struggle with that, let me just share a verse with you. 1 John three nineteen and 20. This is how we know that we belong to the truth. And this is how we set our hearts at rest in His presence. Even if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. Yeah, there's an enemy. And sometimes he gets me to be my own enemy. But I've got to tell you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And while we're on this subject, i just got to ask anybody here who's maybe not a Christ follower yet, do you know? Do you know that you are loved as you are and not as you should be? Because none of us are as we should be. And there is one who lived and died and rose again to free you up from the ramifications and the captivity of not being as you should be and have you given yourself to him have you received him in a personal way i really believe the holy spirit is working in this place right now not because of me or this building or the ministry of this church per se but because the gospel is being proclaimed and the holy spirit's working on you right now and maybe stuff's happening in your life if you're not yet a christ follower and you're, and, and and maybe it's good stuff that's happening or maybe it's bad stuff that's happening or maybe it's a combination of good stuff and bad stuff that happening, and you just got this feeling that somebody is trying to tell you something somebody is and it's the holy spirit and he's trying to tell you that jesus is your only hope See, you say for you, but I'll say for me, Jesus is my only hope. My hope is not that, that I go to church or that I work for a church or that I pray or that I know Scripture or that, you know, I try hard to be good to my family and friends. That, that's not my hope. My hope is in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth alone. And the Holy Spirit has drawn me to Him. And the Holy Spirit is God's power for salvation. And the Holy Spirit is drawing somebody in this house to Him today. When you commit your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. And He's been working on you. And wouldn't you love to have Him go from being around you, working on you, to being within you to empower you? I take it. The Holy, the Holy Spirit empowers us for salvation. But it doesn't stop there. The, whole, the Holy Spirit is nothing. Once we're Christ followers, the Holy Spirit is not only the power for salvation. The Holy Spirit is also power to overcome evil in our lives. Because, like I said, we're at war. And every day, the enemy comes at us. Every day, evil comes at us. And I don't mean he comes at us like, you know, like a zombie in a scary movie. That's a terrible impression of a zombie. But you know what I mean. Evil, l- listen now. Evil comes at you. You find yourself in situations and evil says hate. You find yourself in situations and evil says resent. You find yourself in situations and, and evil says lie, cheat, fudge on the numbers. Get sexual with that person that you're not married to. Evil says all sorts of stuff to us every day. Evil says gossip. Evil says drink. Evil says drugs. E- e- evil says neglect 
the poor. You have an enemy and he says all sorts of things, but it's okay. Because somebody else has something to say too. Jesus says that the spirit of truth guides us into all truth. He speaks to us through the Bible and through, through promptings and through leadings and through, through other believers. And as, we're be, as, all, as the enemy in the darkness says all this stuff to us, there is another one, the Holy Spirit of God. And he says, don't hate. Don't give in to hate. Love. Don't, don't, don't be dishonest. Even if everybody's doing it. Be straight up with folks. Be true to your marriage. Be kind to your enemies. Be generous with the poor. Forgive those who've wronged you. Encourage that person who, who, who needs encouragement. Help that person in need. You've got to understand something. When you have an impulse to good, the impulse to good does not mean that, that your mama raised you right. The impulse to good doesn't mean that you're a good person. The impulse to good does not mean that you have values. The impulse to good is the Spirit of God working in you to be the good, to live the good, to empower you to the good that God wants this world to be. I don't mean to put myself down, but more I get to know myself. There's, there's some good things about me, but good doesn't come from me. Good doesn't come from me. All good comes from God, comes from God's Holy Spirit. Those are not just impulses. Those are not just thoughts or ideas. It's the Holy Spirit working in your spirit to call you to something. This war that we live in has so much to do with the darkness that, that, that says something, some things to us and then this Holy Spirit that says other things to us. And the question is, who are we going to listen to? See, with, with the teachings and stuff on the Holy Spirit... These days, there's so much emphasis on particular gifts and miraculous answers to prayer and miraculous healings and words of knowledge being given to people. I've experienced, I've experienced those things. It's, it's awesome. It's wonderful. It, 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 it's really, in the best sense of the word, it's, it's really a, 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 just an amazing thing. But we've got we to gotta not be obsessed with the impressive, extraordinary, miraculous things the Holy Spirit's power can do in our lives and, and, and instead tune in to going, yeah, that miraculous stuff is, is awesome when it, when it happens. But the everyday power of the Holy Spirit, the everyday power of the Holy Spirit is not to the impressive or to the extraordinary. The, the everyday power of the Holy Spirit in your life, the everyday power of the Holy Spirit in my life is the power to obey. Let's just not talk about obeying. That's no fun, right? The word obey interests me a lot. Uh, in the original language of the New Testament, the word obey in Greek is the word hupakuo. Hupakuo. Somebody say hupakuo for me real loud. Hupakuo. 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 Sounds almost like a bird call. Hupakuo. Almost like a bird call. But the word hupakuo is, is interesting. In the original language, it's, it's, a, it's a composite of two words. Hupakuo is a, the word for obey is a, is a composite of the word under and the word listen. And it literally means to listen under. What it means is to put yourself under the command of somebody else's word. To do what someone else says to do. And I've got to ask you something. Do you realize that the primary way to be filled with the Holy Spirit is, 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 is to obey Him through His power? 
and to call on Him for His power to obey. Friends, there are forces in this world that if you're married, want to destroy your marriage. That if you're single, want to destroy your dating life. That wants to destroy your career, your family, your kids, your witness, your mission, your ministry. It's not fun to think about it, but again, take heart. You do have an enemy. And he's bad. But greater is he that's in you, in you, than he that's in the world. And, 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 and you will not be overpowered. The Bible says really clearly, I memorized this a long time ago. The Bible says really clearly that there's no situation you're going to encounter where you, where, you, where you are unable to resist the powers of the evil one. The Bible says really clearly that no temptation has overtaken you, but such that is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide a way of escape also that you'll be able to endure it. And, 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 and think about this. What is the way of escape that God provides in every temptation? Hupakuo. Obeying Him. Listening to what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. Instead of what the darkness is telling you to do. Do, do you hoop a cool I hoop a cool Sometimes at least. But it's not just like, oh, try hard, you know, grit your teeth and grind out the goodness here. No, 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 no. This, this is, I want to challenge you to just a, just a particular spiritual discipline. And it's not a big deal, but it's a big deal. And there's power in this. I want to encourage you. Right now, I want you to think of one area in your life where you'd say, you know what? That I can't say I'm obeying the Lord in that area of my life. You know that area. You know the one. Don't be thinking about your husband's area. Don't be thinking about what her... I know what her... I know what area she should be thinking of. I hope my son's listening to this because he has that one area. Keep your thoughts off somebody else's area, Okay? What is it for you? Is it your finances? Is it your sexuality? Is it, is it, is it your relationship with food? Is it, is, it an, is it an addiction? Is it your resentment for that person? Is it the way for, that you care for your body or don't care for your body? Is it the way that, that, that just that, that one person in your life that, that you struggle with? It, 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 is it? Whatever it is, what is that one area? Okay, just pick it in, your own, in the privacy of your own heart and mind right now. Just pick and say, oh, yep, yep, that's where I need the Holy Spirit's power to obey. I did not ask you where you should try harder. I did not ask you where you should do better. I hope you'll never hear me preach a sermon that boils down to Sutherland just saying, try harder, do better. Where's the one area of your life where you need the Holy Spirit to empower you to obedience? Pick it right now. And starting today, will you say, Holy Spirit, help me obey. When you're tempted to go to that site, you know that site? There's only about 84 million of them. Holy Spirit, help me obey. When you're tempted to lash out, when you're tempted to be snide, when you're tempted to gossip, when you're tempted to lie, when you're tempted to sneer, when you're tempted to not care, when you're tempted to turn away from somebody in need, will you say, Holy Spirit, help me obey? Because this isn't about you being a good person. This is about overcoming evil in your life.
And maybe something will start to change today. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I don't have it all figured out, but I do know one thing. Sure helps me in my struggles in my thought life, in my struggles with anxiety. Sure helps me in my struggles with a particular person in my life that I have a hard time not being hard on. Sure helps me to quit trying and start plugging in. Start making sure there's gas in the tank. Holy Spirit, help me obey. I don't understand a lot of things about the Holy Spirit. I don't understand the Holy Spirit any more than I understand internal combustion engines. But I just know that engines need gas and I need the Holy Spirit. And I don't want Him in my life to just save me from my sin. I want Him to empower me to overcome evil that happens in my life. And to overcome whatever evil He calls me to overcome in this world. Uh, D.L. Moody was a great evangelist, good Chicago boy. Nobody even knows how many people came to a, uh, a saving knowledge and relationship with Jesus through, through his ministry and the Holy Spirit working through him. But there was uh, this group of people that were uh, um, in, responsible for putting on kind of a revival meeting, kind of evangelistic meeting back in the day, kind of like a committee. And they, they were supposed to pick who they were going to ask to come uh, preach this meeting. And the first guy said, uh, we should get D.L. Moody. And then somebody else mentioned somebody else. And then that same guy again said, no, we should get D.L. Moody. And then somebody else said somebody else. And somebody else said somebody else. And, and this guy just kept, no matter who anybody else said, this guy said, no, 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 we should get D.L. Moody. Finally, the chair of the committee got fed up with him, got kind of aggravated and annoyed and said, you, you just keep seeing, seeing, saying D.L. Moody. It's like, it's like D.L. Moody has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. And the guy said, no, he doesn't have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit's got a monopoly on him. May the Spirit of the living God fall afresh on you and on me. And in Jesus' name, may he have a monopoly on each of us and on this church. Pray with me. Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we need your power. We need you.